When I say I'm in love, you best believe I'm in love, L-U-V. Looking for a kiss Well, won't you tell me why those kids are moving so slow Is it that they just don't have a place to go When the day starts breaking, the sun is gonna shine It's hard to sleep if I'm in crime And all the old ladies, they're all on their way to church You go to church, I bet you will not be alone Looking for a kiss When everyone's going to your house To shoot up in your room Most of them are beautiful But so obsessed with gloom I ain't gonna be here When they all get home They're always looking at me They won't leave me alone I didn't come here Looking for no six I, I, I know I've been howling on streets All night long Just looking for a kiss Looking for a kiss. All right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to M Crow Radio. Uh, Monday morning, 11 a.m. I got a an old friend in here with me. Gonna talk about some cool stuff he's got going on. So I'll give it away. This is uh, Matt Barnes. Introduce to people and tell them why you're here. What's up? Well, my close on. What's up? I'm Matt. I have a essay compilation coming out called Dirty Launderette. Um, yeah, I've known Don forever, so it's pretty cool he's having me here. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, so Dirty Launderette. Yeah. It's a book that's coming out, a collection of essays. Yeah, there's 13 essays, and except for the first two that were already published, everything is named after 
either a song title or a lyric from a song. So the book title comes from uh, the Vivian Goldman song, Laundrette. It's like an 80s no-wave kind of like free jazz, early electronic track. Yeah. Nice. Was this the, is just your first kind of published effort? Oh, yeah, and it was a fluke. Apparently, it's like a huge deal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Okay, when is a pre-sale? You're going to have a couple copies available? What's so, pre-sale is December 21st, and then I have, um, I believe it's January 3rd. You get the special edition. I'm doing 15 of them, which is because it's Dirty Launderette. It comes wrapped in a huge jock strap with a personalized bookmark and uh, whatever you want me to sign it with. <laughs> so, are you? What, what is your game plan for dirtying up these jock straps? You're like, I'm gonna wear this one Monday. Do you have Do you have a schedule for that? I mean, I've just been holding on to them. I bought like 15 pairs of this one type. Okay. <laughs> and it's also uh, the like press shots that I did. It's I have like five black ones, five red ones. No one's getting the fancy ones, so. Mm. Yeah. What, what's the what's the extent of when you consider it dirty? Is it like I just wore it once? I didn't wash. Are you washing them afterwards? I guess that's the question. No, they're hanging out. They're chilling. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Got the fresh stank. Maybe I should be like, what, how much funk do you want? <laughs> so, oh, but wear, yeah. wear it wear it to uh, you know the post office and like just get in the bathroom, rip it off, and send it in the bag. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I have so many friends that like are down that. I call it like diet sex work or sex work adjacent. You know what I mean? I I, I like diet sex work. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm actually uh, trying to be professional about this. I wrote out some questions. That's normally not how we do this. Kind of just you know see where it goes. But I got, right some, got some questions I want to want to ask you here. So um, cool. When you started this, since it's a collection of essays, did you kind of have like a beginning and an end mapped out? You're like, I want to do this many. Like, how long did it take? Like, did you start this as a project? Like, I want to get this published as a group of essays. So it started off originally. So I was in a detox unit in Seattle, and all they allowed me to have was somehow an old iPhone, which I loaded up with like only like a gigabyte of music and a pen and paper. And I have not written. It wasn't just writer's block. It was. The adult hustle mixed with uh, a certain person in Seattle told me that no one cared about uh, upper middle class or rich white girl problems. Or and I was and that and he was correct that Generation Z is not getting as uh, fucked up as we were. No, um, but queers always are, and that's what I said. I was like, I hope some queer in like a flyover. I used to call them flyovers. Uh, reads this and doesn't make the same mistakes I do, but has a lot of fun. So um, that's how it started, and it was word vomit it by the end of it i think it was like 300 pages of microsoft word and at that point i had lost um all of my grammar skills that i've learned through like the annals of school um so i had my friend gene clean it up and i passed it on to a guy i was seeing and he passed it on to the people that are publishing me and i was definitely not comfortable throwing all of that out in the world yeah um it, i was really originally going to publish it as for free to all um have you been in the northwest no i have not i'm 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 an east coast baby never left well they have the they have this like law i think it's oregon and washington that if you run away from home as a teenager you don't have to be sent back to your parents there are tons of like young queers on the street that get strung out and i was gonna like hand it to them i had the idea to wrap it in like kind of like the new york dolls cover like that pink cover yeah <laughs> but um that is not what happened so i ended up rewriting it um they were just dying over uh it was a bunch of straight dudes, and my losing my virginity story, they were, like, belly laughing because it was so trash early 2000s. <laughs> it hit every note. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
So the, the, the essays, I get you, you kind of tapped into a little bit. This is uh, from your time in Seattle? Uh, or? So uh, it's actually a romantic left. Uh, I would say it's about 85 to 90% of my life. I've interwoven things to keep a little mystery and also to protect people in my life. Um, but it goes through my entire life. Okay. Uh, little bits and pieces. So... Um, every essay. So the first one's actually like family history in a way and not in a boring way. Um, yeah. My grandma was very much the like mother's little helper and section generation. My mom likes to say we take after her, me and my sister in not so good ways. And about growing up, um, both sides of my family with addiction and depression and being brought to like 12 step meetings as a kid. <laughs> so it's just funny. It's all dark humor. I had to tone down a lot of that though. Okay. So I guess, yeah, is there, you, you, you're good at, like, tone-checking yourself. You're like, that's, like, a little too heavy. I got to pull that out. Oh, um, no, I have the darkest humor, and there are certain things you can't say, like... Wait, I can't even say this, because certain people will be offended. You, I had you, a, you, you, you can say whatever you want. You, I don't know. You can't say the... I mean, I guess I can, but I had the original <laughs> thing, and I think, like, I had turned this in. It was pretty raw, and I, like, put next to it. I was like, I'll figure out a word for this, but I was like, I had a choice between fucking theater fags from Kappa and the performing arts schools or pedophiles and I chose the latter and they were like you can't I mean that line is in there but it's very watered down okay <laughs> yeah um yeah okay so like writing process I think you you kind of like you call yourself a writer and author for you know you've been writing for a long time do you have like any like rituals any like major writing process because i'm imagining you just kind of in your cat just kind of laying next to you and like a little micro cassette recorder and like cucumbers on your eyes and your oh i wish <laughs> well that is kind of what happened so i was lagging i think originally they were like we want to publish this they want the short and i called it trauma just because i was handing it out on the street and um i think it got shortened in ms word to like 145 pages and I was like, that's not going out there. But I was lagging. This was like August 2020. They were like, um, we could have it out by next August. But I was in lockdown, like solitary. Thank God it was COVID from mid-December until March. Just writing pretty much 10 hours a day. Oh, damn. Figuring out what sticks. I'm not yeah. being polyhyperbolic, but. Okay. Anything edited out that you're like, why is that getting edited out? Like, I really want that in there. Anything you, you kind of really wish was in there? I have to be careful what I say because I have very good news. So they're only printing 500 copies. Um, originally, we had decided it was going to be 145 pages. And it's about the size, if you're familiar with zines. I know you are. Um, and it's now watered down to, I think, 120 pages. But there may be a release Would, would you Would you rather say condensed down? Because you've seen... I wouldn't say it's watered down. Uh, I... I shouldn't really bitch about it, but um, <laughs> I was not happy with the final. Originally, I believe we were setting it for October, the release date. Yeah. And, like, apparently there was a paper shortage. Yeah. You, you heard about that? Yeah, there's shortage everything. I really thought they were just bullshitting me. But, um, <laughs> there's a sand shortage. What? So, in, like, the glass and construction community, there's, like, major, it's, like, there's a lot of weird shit going on. Oh, the world is ending. Sorry, not to be negative, Nancy. <laughs> we could all listen to that REM song. Do you have that record? <laughs> we, we, no, we, no, we don't. I thought we did for a second. The day Trump won, I like, it was every morning, Max is like, you're so depressing. And I was like, I like, down for me is up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up. Oh. It all worked out. Yeah. yeah. Is I the collection of essays, is it like chronological? Yes. Okay. So they all come with, and that's another thing I had to shorten, because, like, 
the list went on. So the way, uh, one of the parts of the writing process for this, because it was supposed to be originally totally nonfiction, I have, I want to say 25 to 30 journals at home, starting from when I was eight, which are a lot of doodles and scripts. A lot of Buffy and Dawson's Creek knockoffs. <laughs> oh my god! Me and um, Sam recently rewatched Buffy. I didn't never so pass season. We we, we got we got up to season six, and that's when I was like, eh, I, I can't really kind of pull myself to dive back into it. But up until season six, it's great. That's what got me into punk. I bought like um, it was a book. I think it was called The Watcher's Guide, and I didn't realize that they based uh, Spike and Drew off Sid and Nancy. Oh, I didn't know that. And then I forget who, it wasn't even Napster or Morpheus or Limeyer yet, but someone got me a Sex Pistols record, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> game changer. Nice. Yeah. So, all right, what else, what else I got here? So this is obviously very personal. So chronologically, where, where does it start? Like, I know you said you have your Losing Your Virginity story in there. So it starts, and it's just like a history of, uh, I compare it to my ground being insects, and it's sort of an interesting story. She was like Vassar tracked. She was a lot like me, apparently, not to toot my own horn, but very book smart, was going to go to Vassar, which was like unheard of at the time. And then she was Irish Catholic and got pregnant at 17. Classic. Go-go dancer, <laughs> bartender. My mom likes to say me and my sister got it from her. But, um, and then it just jumps into my teen years. Okay. My uh, coming out story, which is also very 2000s. My parents are very open and liberal, but they uh, found me, and a couple of friends listening might remember this. Now, I was like 15, 16. They found me covering my privates, but naked on MySpace and LiveJournal. <laughs> and my dad still to this day cannot hear the word MySpace without thinking I was trafficked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm trying to turn away from the mic. Sam always says when I call for laugh, it's insanely loud. Oh man, <laughs> that, that's awesome! So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, hit the pause button. We're gonna get some more records nice. going. Um, you know, with Matt's release for Dirty Laundrette, it actually comes with a playlist, and we were able to pull a couple records from the walls that he's kind of got on that. So we're gonna continue with some New York Dolls. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You said you were gonna title the book after this track. I wanted to call it Trash, and I had the idea. Um, if anyone follows me on social media, I have this certain pink that I wanted the book to be, and it's a weird hex code, but it's almost the lipstick color. But, um, yeah, I wanted to call it trash. I had a lot of ideas to play. But uh, all of a sudden, I heard Laundry for the first time. Thank you, Spotify. And I was like, ooh, this is perfect. That was the move? Yeah, it was totally the move. Cool. So we're going we're gonna to play trash off of the uh, first New York Dolls LP, and we'll be back in a moment.
back m crew radio uh sponsored by the lovely m crew beer glacier cold fawn fresh got an old pal in the studio matt barnes talking about his collection of essays dirty laundrette mm-hmm. uh when is a pre-sale again just kind of hammer that in december 21st and if you want those jock straps i think it's going to be 88 dollars um it's a jock strap one of the book uh, marks that i'm selling that are little cartoons that i've done with I used to sign every journal entry, and a lot of them actually were good. Not to, like, pat myself on the back or have a huge ego, but um, every one of them comes with, like, a handwritten thing on the inside. I signed every journal note with, like, whoopee lyrics or, like, whatever. <laughs> I'm not really a poet. There was, like, four really good poems. I think Very, 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 uh, very live journal of you. Uh, I mean, I am <laughs> a live journal through and through. <laughs> Do you know Molly Soda? No. Um, Molly Soda, it, she's a visual artist, but my friend Ryan O'Connell, who came out, have you seen, you may not have seen it, but some people have special on Netflix. No. Um, it, it's really hard to get me to sit down to watch something. Well, the good news is much like myself, ADD off the wall, they're the 15 minute things that they do. Oh, that, that's great. That's good for me. I can do that. But when I met Ryan, um, he seemed off and, uh, Don's familiar with my ex who got in a terrible car accident, but he moved kind of like Joe did. Okay. And um, he had gotten in a car in San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. But he had his second coming out. Well, actually, his third. He had a pill problem as well. But his third coming out was he has cerebral palsy. Okay. And it's so mild. And now, I mean, I still don't think it's obvious. But it was like a vi- like I could tell his vision that um, the show is based off his book. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. But, yeah. That's awesome. But, oh, that's why I brought up the, li- the live journal thing. Go ahead. Um <laughs> Where 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 are we in the in the list of questions here? Yeah, oh. go for it. Oh yeah, so this is obviously very personal. Do you do you find this to be like therapeutic when you're when you're writing this in like the quarantine situation, or was it more just like you're just kind of 
in the black hole of the world, quarantine shut down, major trauma revisiting the whole time? Um, <laughs> the there look were on your a face. lot. So on top of it, so I, my journals have AIM messages in it. They were like plastered and I had to revisit some relationships. I went through some Facebook messages and keep in mind, I'm like in solitude. I'm seeing like four friends and a lot of people got crazy erratic text messages. And I could say it and not to stigmatize it, but I'm making t-shirts that say I'm not bipolar, I'm a cancer. But <laughs> everyone in my life was so used to, especially like the Seattle was up and down. It was probably the best of times, the worst of times. But um, I had not been this happy or like that period, like the 10 months I was getting published, doing all these wild things, um, protesting. And uh, everyone thought I was having like a manic spiral. But I'm making oh, this man, your, your your social media was that was a oh that was a God, treat the... at that point. <laughs> it's like I remember going on and seeing like oh. the, the three thousand dots at the top. I was like, all right, this is gonna be a good day. Oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's so funny because I actually hate I hated social media for that reason. The entire thing was after the MySpace law. Oh, not Live Journal. I always loved that. I wish it was still around. To be honest with you. Yeah. But after the MySpace thing, I realized like the toxicity of social media. Oh yeah. Especially when I was a better home and gardens guy with an ed- like a slight edge. It was like my pets, vacations. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. The shit I was posting, I was cringing. <laughs> I actually woke up like I would wake up in a panic. Because I was like, oh my god. Like, what if I want to... I was dating this guy, and that's also why it became a Romana Clef kind of non-fiction-y. I dated him in Seattle, and he was my human dildo for the winter. And we both caught feels. And he um is very... uh. He was in the Navy. He's a pilot. Um, yeah. He was <laughs> He was like, I can't with your social media. <laughs> this is the first guy I've dated in so long that is uh, all gun-ho for the social media thing. That's uh, your, your current guy? Yeah. Nice. Uh, what's the Flaubert quote? It's like, be, uh, be orderly and neat in your daily life so your art could be all wild. I'm bastardizing it. But, um, yeah, I like... I'm gutter Gwyneth. Like I green juice. <laughs> I do yoga. Like all the, those stories come off. But yeah, that's great. Yeah, you're, you're you're in a good spot now. Eating good, living good, well, looking was, great. By the way, thank you. That was a joke in rehab. Like after they got to know me and realized that, like, because I went, I knew I had a raw dog. It because like I could have went like a lot of my family members to like bougie rehab. Even my ex, uh, tech industry pays well. Was like, well, we could see and um. We could go, and I was like, I will learn no lesson. Could you imagine me sitting on a beach for four weeks? <laughs> and no. I already know the healthy things, but that was the thing. Um, they were like, so let me get this right. You were like getting your juice that – I don't know what the juice bars are here. You were getting your juice there, eating salads with your friends, like going to yoga, and then doing a gram to a gram and a half of heroin every day. I was like, yeah, it was kind of like that. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Hey. But here, here we are now. Skin yeah. looks great. You, know, you got great routines looking fantastic. Thank you. Doing Actually, if anyone's out there struggling and also as vain as I am, um, that's the one part that doesn't get better. Oh. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, I hit 30, and I've never had acne, and I was like, I was like, oh, it's the purging period. I think it's the testosterone from, like, working out and, like, normalizing my body. Oh. Fucking wild, right? That is wild. Yeah. So just back to, back to the book. Let's yes. talk about writing a little bit more. Keep um, me on track. <laughs> <laughs> we, we both knew that was going to be the, the difficult yeah. part. Um, you kind of, you, you tapped into it a little bit. You said like, you know, you're talking about your, uh, your school learning and how you're very like, you know, your intelligence is up to par emotional versus like intelligent writing. Like, what do you, what do you think really kind of drives for like something you like to read? 
can you kind of read that off the bat? Like someone's more of an emotional writer or they're just like very book learned. Like what do you prefer to dive into more? So there's like three things I read very often. Uh, now poetry, I've gotten back into it after discovering my own, a lot of philosophy or rock. I have like half my book collection is rock, um, rock or music memoirs. Okay. Um, and also a lot of uh, old queer writers. I try to draw inspiration and like I started with that. That was the drawing board and I was like, no, I didn't want to be the gay writer. Yeah. That is okay. why the book cover, I made the joke on social media that it was going to be the like thoughty pictures of me because I was calling <laughs> it thought lit. I was like, I would never pick up a book in my life that had a close up of someone's crotch in, a dr- uh, in underwear ever. <laughs> I don't care if it won like a Pulitzer or like, yeah, no. No. So it, uh, I can't, can't do that yet. Ooh. Oh, but uh, give me one second here. A little parched. Need my water. I keep clapping my lips. Man, I wish this was like Madonna at the BMAs when she like, you know, the mid 90s where a PR person was whispering something in her ear. Had all the <laughs> questions. Oh, that would be great. It, well, well, you'll, you'll get there. Have you seen Alice? No. Do you think <laughs> I, I am? What did they say I had? And apparently it's my one of the therapists I went to as a child. And it's like so unorthodox and actually like quack. They said I had antisocial personality disorder, which is like anti-authority. It's like diet sociopath. Um, it's called being a teenager. Yeah. And having like, I mean, my teenage angst still like permeates and bubbles. I don't know about you. But um, yeah, if a PR yeah. person was telling me, that, yeah, no. I'd let them manage my social media though for sure. No, you, you can never let go of that. That, that no, needs to be you. That needs, to stay, that needs to stay raw and visceral. Well, I think after this book, yeah, no. You'll, get some, you'll still get some uh, nudes. Nice. Yeah. Um, are we playing Born to Run next? I was, I was going to start getting it, gonna, uh, get it queued up from when we kind of meander into there. Um, you were talking about a little bit of kind of writer's block. Do you ever have a reader's block? Uh, so, not to sound pretentious, but I never really watch TV except for the most lowbrow shit. Um, now I'm on TV hard, but I go through a phase. I try to read like two heady books and then like some trash book. Like I'm obsessed with Eve, Eva Babbitt. Eve Babbitt. She's like Joan Didion, but trashy. But now I'm in like a spiral where I'll read probably four books a month. Like right now, well, that's not true. My friend Alex just came out of the book and I read that, but I'm so in the TV tunnel. Yeah, there's a reader's block out the ass right now. So you're, 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 you, you'll read four books a month? If not Ash. more. Damn. That's in, a lot. In fact, the way I got into Real Housewives was when I was newly single and the first time I tried to get clean. If I find a book that captures my attention, um, I'm up all night. And so I started the Real Housewives. Like, this shit's going to make me pass out. And all of a sudden, I was showing up to work with bags under my eyes. And they were like... Just binging Housewives. Like, like the entire... I watched the New York one and uh, Beverly Hills. And yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was showing up to work and it was like three or four months after I got clean and I was looking like this but all of a sudden I looked like I looked worse than when I was on drugs and they were like are you okay <laughs> drinking like six of these highballs I'm like oh yeah is, oh. There, is there a specific housewife you relate to or, or you wish you aspire to be so I've always been in the closet about this because I did not want to be that person who's vegan into yoga and also into astrology and I'm happy it's trendy now but all of the real housewives of Beverly Hills are all cancers and so am I, but they all have like, well, I know that. Do you know anything about it? No, not at all. (laughs) I got so many friends that post about it. So I feel like I know more than I should. I hate that. I'm like that. Like I avoided it. It made it working at a gay bar easier. Oh, like they'd be like, what? Like they half the time they'd think I was speaking a foreign language. 
Oh, just about they weren't they weren't like, tuned in with housewives either. N- um, no, they love housewives, oh. but like anything, they like they thought I was from another planet. In fact, someone was like, "You're, you, we're gonna miss you in Seattle. You're the most unique one on this entire like." And it was an ego stroke. I was like, "Have you been to like Brooklyn?" Berlin, there's five thousand me's. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Housewives was your commonality between them, your link. Oh my god, it made it so much easier, and it started with that Vanderpump Rules show, which is probably the most accurate. Like a bunch of would-be actors, lots of uppers at the end of the taking. Oh my god, that's awesome. Trash, I love it. <clears throat> so, just uh, just back to sobriety. Um, how long is it? How long has it been now for you? I am sober-ish. I don't profess being completely sober. I do not take hard drugs. I really haven't taken any drugs, but um, it's been two and a half years. Damn, that's awesome. Tomorrow would have been, no, it's, yeah, two and a half. Uh, April 21st, 2020. When did you move back to Philly? Uh, or not 2020, sorry, uh, 2019. Um, I moved back April 2020. Okay. So, wait, I should know this. I don't count days, and my way of doing it, especially being back here, is, I don't ever fiend for heroin at all. But especially being back here. I mean, everyone was so afraid of me living on Front and Gerard. Yeah. But, um... That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was always always made the joke that I would take acid, like, during a life-changing experience. And I was like, and no one could ruin K, and K's so big with, like, the young kids. Yep. Um, someone finally ruined it for me, and I'll never do it again. I've never fallen in a K. It's not a bad thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, like, uh, you want to be social a little bit. I've never been a big drinker. I mean, you've seen me drunk. It's I'm, like, 135 pounds, and even if I, like overload on food Ugh. cancers are sagittarius are the messiest but they're fun cancers are just well at least i'm not a crier what are you I'm, I'm a pisces i'm a crier oh fucking course you're a pisces yeah. pisces and leos are the best signs you heard it here what is your wife she is a uh, i really can't guess sagittarius oh i love fire signs she wait yeah end of november november 20th that's sagittarius right yes all right She's not a Scorpio. I like No, yeah, I, I think that that's always the joke. That, or, oh my god. Or the conversation of like people think she's a Scorpio. Wait, really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Not for this <laughs> next conversation. I go on for days. God. Um let's talk about uh so you you read a lot, obviously. Let's uh some uh some like lesser known books, lesser known like writers you're that are out there, like in like the zine world, kind of small publications. Anyone you kinda wanna like shout out, give credit to, some cool stuff people may not know about. All right, so I am on this quest. There is a poet named Rachel Rabbit White, and you think my social media is uh, off the hook, but she is, I think her like tagline that someone called her, like maybe it was Vice or like one of those, she is the hooker poet laureate of the dirtbag left. She is incredible. What was her name again? Rachel Rabbit White. Rachel, Rachel Rabbit White. I'm definitely checking. Oh that. my God, she's incredible. So she, I... Was supposed to move back and move to New York. That was the original plan. And I was there and it was the middle of COVID. And all I was doing was going to these rave protests. I was working on this project of Zoe Lund. And, you know, it's the middle of COVID. Not a lot was going on. And I felt this beast in me. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, like, I wanted more. Like, I'm, I don't know about you. We're in our 30s. I'm, like, comfortable with what I have. Of course, I want a little more. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I was, like, the beast. And I was, like, no, this is not it for me right now. Yeah, New York, I feel like, will get that drive going, even if you don't really want it. But she had her birthday party last Saturday, and, I mean, she's wild. Um, her entire, like, thing she must look like is, uh, not goth, I what she said, but, uh, a Megan Fox Bratz sex doll. 
Have you heard of that book? Um, that's that that that's a lot to throw out. <laughs> have you heard of Nico Walker? No. Um, she's married to yeah, she is married to him now. But he's the one. He wrote this book called Cherry, and he served. I forget what like sector he served in uh, the war. Came back, became a junkie, and robbed a bank. And they made a movie out of it. I haven't read it honestly, not to like. It's just not my subject matter. Yeah. You know, hmm. but their wedding photos, their dream couple. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to get into some some Zoe Lund talk in a moment, but uh, oh. let's just kind of break it up. Let's get uh, some Bruce going for the people. Um, and this is we're in the chronological order of the um, Dirty Laundrette. Where does uh, where does Bruce land in there? So that's what I had to check. It is on the playlist, but I ended up calling it "Forming After the Germ Song." Ah, I thought it was "Born to Run." Oh, that's all right. We, we we got the director's cut right now. I know it's like polarizing the idea of Bruce, but. Come on! But we're, we're in the in the in the order of uh, essays. Where was this landed? Uh, the third. The third. Okay, it's the third so one. Sixteen, seventeen. All right, here we go. This is a Matt at sixteen, seventeen. Director's cut.
tiempo. We're gonna we're gonna go through uh, the playlist that that Matt has here listed. We're gonna give a little little highlight reel, bullet point list of what some of the essays are about. So um, if you're just tuning in, this is M Crow Radio. Um, we got Matt Barnes in the studio, author of Dirty Laundrette, a collection of essays from uh, you know his youth to his adulthood, and you know coming out, <clears throat> being a baby queer, getting on junk, getting off junk, and uh, how he's here, happy and healthy with great skin. So, uh, I had great skin back then. It was, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's the only downside of being clean. Um, I was wrong. I picked that record out originally because the essay was going to be called Born to Run, but I called it Forming. So you want to talk about that playlist? Yeah. yeah. Just, just, you, you, you got the, the updated list. Um, so this is uh, – I think I just changed it at the end because even the one I was going through, my last like finalized like, where I was formatting it, it was Born to Run still. But a few of the cuts. Forming is The Germs. Which I'm finally, I'm getting my first color tattoo. I never thought I would. Oh. I'm getting the germ symbol. Oh, there you go. I, like, have actively, my friend Darby, I thought it was, like, his punk name, but he, like, I thought my parents were pretty cool, and they are enough. His parents were, like, OG punks and named him after Darby Crash. That's cool. I was like, I hate you so much, but he's doing it, and he got the blue color perfectly. Um, so... Yeah, a few of the songs on there that are probably more known, because some of them are a little, uh... You're familiar with my actual gay icon and my cat's namesake, Lydia Lunch. Yep. The Closet by Teenage Jesus and the Jerks, one of the only albums I own. I feel like that'd be too much at uh, 11. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jet Boy, Jet Girl. Do you know the song? No. I forget. So Can you sing it for me? Can't Wait. I, well, the, like it's super faggy. Um, ooh, you know that like uh, jangle? Ooh, ooh it's kind of like surf rocky. Um, someone else, I forget what happened. I don't know if the guy who wrote Jet Boy, Jet Girl actually wrote the song, but someone came out with another one like nine months later and it's the same music behind it, but it's a song. I believe the thing is about a younger guy. I think he was a rough trade or whatever they call it or like gay for pay with an older man and he called the feels. Well, you call it rough trade. Yeah. Or isn't that the term where, yeah, it was like the Ramones wanted to be back okay. in the day. That's why they there's a whole entire thing about the leather jacket thing and the way the Ramones dressed. Um, there's like a huge and you know like the sedentaries like this uh, like Vivian Westwood's original thing. The OG punks stole so much from gay culture. All, as song as old as time. In fact, when I started to become really punk, and my mom has not she had all the gay friends, but she's like, you know, you're gonna look real gay. And I was like, <laughs> as opposed to me having blonde hair, blue contacts. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where she was going with that. Oh, God. I love her reaction was, like, shocked. I, she was definitely shocked about the naked on the internet thing, but she put on her best dramatic. Yeah. Well, you know, leap year. I sleep with women once every, like, five to seven years. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm 92.8%. Yeah, it's a nail in the coffin. Yeah. I, I really don't think. Even the, I'm, God, this is almost problematic. Even the trans men here I tried to date have the machismo of, like, South Philly, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. Yeah, that, that was just now? Yeah, it, the book's called Dirty Laundrette, but I only uh, 
and I sent him a copy, but my last ex in Seattle is Cokehead Capricorn. He's the only one where I'm putting dirty laundry out there. Nice. Like anyone I talk about, they don't, any partner I had, I've changed their names. Even friends, I think. I think I only kept one friend who's my, uh, do you know who Armstead Maupon is? No. He coined the term uh, logical family. Oh my God, his books are amazing. But logical family, I, li- I like that. It's non-biological family. Yeah. But um, it, his work was amazing. So he wrote Tales of the City, which I, I think is the San Francisco Chronicle. But basically it was 1976, let's just say it started. And I mean, the 70s were so much fun, straight or gay. Everyone was a swinger, but um, it chronicled San Francisco life. And it was these fake characters that were kind of based on real people. But um, he coined that term. Oh, man. You haven't watched Tales, or I guess you don't watch a lot of Netflix. They came out with a new one that's like Tales of the City 2021. And everyone's either, I mean, he piloted it. He like covered the AIDS thing, or AIDS happening, but he also was the first one, spoiler alert, the woman who runs the apartment complex, uh, she was trans. Which, not that it was unheard of then, but like, he was a mainstream writer. Yeah. Not like Stephen King, but like, on that level. Okay. Um, what was his so, name again? Armiston Malpom. Armiston Malpom. I'm, I'm butchering that, my Philly... I'm so bad. <laughs> I called it finishing school, hanging out with my writer friend and doctor friend in Provincetown. Because, like, I was mispronouncing things. He was correcting me. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. That's, like, a quirk of mine. I was like, no, please do. Yeah. I can't. My accent's back, too. Oh. It's disgusting. <laughs> it, it's beautiful. What are you talking about? Oh, God, no. Don't even. <laughs> Sam, Sam rags me a lot because uh, uh, I, I, we lived in Savannah for a bit, and I kind of lost the accent. And then when I came back after about a year, just like the way, say, provolone or hoagie or – and she just always like, hey, he just needles it into me. How do you how do you say that? I'm pointing at uh, his I, I, hydro. I, that, that's water. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I got it bred out of me in college. Yeah. I, I, my mom, my whole family growing up down in Jersey, like everybody water. says water. I just I can't do it. I, I knew it was so wrong when I was younger. Acme. Oh, the, the Acme's, the Walmarts. Everything. Well, no. Ac- wait, do they pronounce Walmart differently? They, they, they say Walmarts. They, they oh, throw, God. They, well, that's everywhere. Yeah. Seattle was Nordstrom's. Why? Why is that? I don't know. I it's mean, weird. Like uh, Seattle is Pike's or Pike Place Market, and I always called it Pike's Place, but it's a street. You know, like the Starbucks yeah. thing. But I think that's normal. That's not as bad. The Mayor of Easttown thing and going back and doing this book tour. I was like, I hope I don't sound like those people. <laughs> no, you're 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 not that thick with it. My last or one of the very serious acts I had when I had the junk problem called us Urban Hillbillies. And I took, like, fake offense, but, like, I would pick any... There was four phases of our relationship. It's, like, phase three. And, like, any kind of trivial thing that I could get, like, my balls twisted about. Because his family's from here. Okay. Um, Urban hillbillies. And now I, like, rep that. It's so true. I've, I've, I've heard the, the term fillbillies pretty often. Oh, I haven't heard that yet. I, I love that one. I think it's generally about, like, you know, the, the uh, Port Richmond and up from there. I'm just happy. I felt... And it's not a West Coast thing. It's the Northwest. And I write... A lot about this. Do you remember the Nirvana song, Francis Farmer will have a revenge on Seattle? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's Matt Barnes will. And I did not. <laughs> everyone, when I went back, everyone was so nice to me. I was hoping. What, this, what, what was it like? I mean, you're, you're pretty Philadelphia for the for the most part. Like, What was it like being you know such a Philadelphia kind of person and living in Seattle? How was that transition for you? Um, so unlike, I feel like the Gemini moon and rising in me, I could... Uh, flow with most people seattle's nature it has a weird energy and like i'm not that uh woo woo i don't believe in like energies of places but even being back they call it and i didn't experience a full force of seattle freeze but it's founded on nordic culture 
where we're founded on that's what I love about being back no one minds our fucking business here yeah I had some woman chase me down the street like and I was like who's chasing me like downtown and just ask me like the clone I was wearing and talk to me for like 10 minutes and you know that's me yeah but by year like two I tried my hardest to assimilate and then when I developed the drug problems I was traveling a bunch I would come back here thankfully for a tech daddy we went to a lot of nice places I would go to California a lot but for two years when I was going hard on the pills and then heroin, I didn't travel at all. And that's where, um, yeah, I started to think it wasn't them. It was me. Not that like every place has a different flavor, but it's a weird energy. It's mm. also insular there. Hmm. You're know, like, and I am going to talk shit. Do you know West Philly kids? Like how it's like, yeah, yeah. like imagine a big Capitol Hill high school. I called it. It's like that. Okay. Insular. But yeah, West West Philly is it's it's strange own little thing. I Ugh. think someone made the joke of like you you only go over there for Halloween shows unless you're part of it. Fuwa, the Vietnamese hoagies, the bamis, and the Ethiopian over there. Oh, I got yeah. some good Ethiopian. I have not had Ethiopian since I've been back. That's one like Seattle's bomb and like the West Coast. That's because you're food. a front in Gerard. You're not in West Philly. I go out there <laughs> once a month, Fuwa, and then uh, it was my favorite place as a teenager. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I just vape incessantly. But uh, Avril Fifty Five, have you ever been there? Mm-mm. It's the only place I would not want to a rider and klepto all the bougie. I call them cultural publications, and I've always said something like that, but they're like, it's Purple Magazine ID. They're fashion magazines. Yeah. Fashion and culture, I guess. But um, they had, that was like when no one had them, because Philly's still, like, yeah, I don't think anywhere else has them, but Avril 55. F- Philly's very behind on the times with a lot of things. Or it's very, like, I'm, I love this city. It is a first year city in a lot of ways. Yeah. I still have, like, a honeymoon phase going on. I, I mean, Philly. Philly's great. People are people are kind of catching on to how cool Philly is. Well, so many people are moving here now. Well, gentrify. Well, the, it truly is the the borough. Remember how they used to say that? Yeah. And people hate that, but I love it. It's it's true. I just hope the rent. You know, Mambo Movers, right? Yeah. Um, my friend works for them, and especially during COVID, he was never here because it was just New Yorkers back and forth. Yeah, there's like, two, but one person on my block bought their house uh, sight unseen. Just because they're doctors up in New York, and they're just like, we're just going to buy a house, be there four days a week, and we just drive to work for the other three. I mean, that might be me going to New York to work. Yeah. I can it's now the afford worst. the train. Is Chinatown bus still... People keep saying it's still around. It's not what it was. It's it's uh, it's still $12 last time I went on it. Round that, trip? That was a couple years ago, yeah. I mean, it's been like probably four years since I've been on that bus. I, th- I think I got uh, bed bugs there one time. It got pretty grimy. I've, I've seen the craziest shit. There was a bus too where it was a dollar each way and then a dollar transaction fee if you uh, planned ahead. I saw the. Cr- I'm sure you did. Oh yeah. I Chinatown bus forever though. What 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 are what are some good China? You got any good Chinatown bus stories? Uh, all of the and it was at first I was like it's not drugs where they were doing like they were going to Brooklyn and stop and you'd see the sketchy like OG Brooklynites especially when it was late riding it. I forget when the last one runs. When I would go to parties up there. It would be, I think it was like 2 in the morning, the last one would run. So maybe it was the second to last, because clubs are only, I wasn't going to like warehouse parties or raves, but you know, you don't get there until midnight, but yeah, yeah. you would see the, always through Brooklyn, and you know, it's, yeah. Uh, the chickens, have you ever been on uh, those chickens? Yeah. <laughs> we went up there for a, a polo trip a couple weeks, or a couple years ago at this like point. Like water polo? Uh, bike polo. We oh yeah, yeah, I knew you did that. I was and, like, uh, wait. And uh, we like when we got up there, like everybody was on there, like put their bikes underneath. Everything was kind of cool with that. And then you get on there, dude had two chickens and a pig in like the seat next to him. I want a pet pig so bad. Oh, that'd be great, dude. Everyone should be so happy. I said, 
It used to be three million, now it's ten million or sixty-eight. I am going to make Michael Jackson look sober, and I'm going to have the craziest animals. Freddie Mercury had a bunch of cats. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I was a very pleasant junkie until like you know, like you'll love it. I mean, <laughs> I will buy you guys like a nice condo. You'll have a bedroom. I think my taste, I always said I'm like Liberace's disgusting, like it steps on like his crusty stepson. But like. <laughs> you're, you're Liberace's crusty Do you remember stepson. when I had all I the that. chandeliers in the vanity? I don't know if you remember that. I've toned it down a lot. There's a lot of that Syroco material, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Left my own devices if I ever didn't want to get laid. Tons oh. of cats. It's going to be great. I'm excited to see where that goes. Rescuing a thousand Persians. <laughs> Should I do a plug for the Persian rescue here? It's called Persian Inc. Persian Inc. And because. Any place that has a ton of money, like L.A. has the one that's just for, like, I think, West West Los Angeles, uh, Persian Himalayan Rescue. Seattle has one. Philly and, like, this area, it's, like, the tri-state area. I just found one the other day, and I was like, oh, my God. Nice. I need it. We, we, I just realized we never finished the, the playlist. We, oh, we, yeah. We, so... we, we, we got a little sidetracked. So I had a short, and that's something that I had to uh, condense myself because I was going, there was like 45 songs for certain uh, playlists, but I kept it between 1 to 15. But How, how, many, how many essays total are in the book? 13. 13. So 13 tracks, 13 essays? Yes. Okay. So my first essay is The Blue Apple Doesn't Fall Far From The Tree. My grandmom was, once again, Mother's Little Helper Generation benzos you know early stages and always depressed we you know it's a genetic thing she never had a drug pro- well prescription i guess but um institutionalized and this is totally a new move also a cancer i guess she was like had her like balls in a twist about something her panties in a twist and she painted they had to do like group therapy and she was like fuck this this is not getting me better this sucks <laughs> and it was like involuntary and she painted the apple blue I was like, that is a me move. That's awesome. um, but the playlist that I did, I'll name like a couple of songs. Obviously, I said Mother's Little Helper a thousand times. Um, Boots are made for walking because she was a babe. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, everyone likes to say I have her green eyes, but no, she had the like, crazy green eyes. And my, my sister used to call her, you know, after a certain age, or women with larger boobs, their boobs fall. And she was like in her 50s or 60s, but she would be on the toilet and my sister would barge in and go boom, 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 grandma or some shit like that. <laughs> but she was a mega babe. Um, my dad worked for the orchestra for years, but he's a stagehand. Do you know the Jackson Brown song, uh, Stay? It's yeah. the loadout song. That was like, anytime I hear like even the first three like riffs, I'm like, dad. Oh. Um, yeah. You Don't Know Me by Leslie Gore, which should have been my ground song. She had a run of horrible men. It's one thing. I've always had really good taste in boyfriends, except for Cokehead Capricorn. Except for Cokehead Capricorn. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I don't take after. Um, you already saw the uh, Priv, Private School Kid Gone Wild playlist. I posted mm-hmm. that. I'm trying to... That's me learning the Adobe Photoshop. I'm trying to post, especially, I think the actual release dates, like the Tuesday after... Uh, valentine's day okay and i'm trying to do one a week that's like that with like pictures of the times but um the forming one i have a uh, lesson ray by la tigra okay I love that song um i'm trying to think of the ones that are known born to run obviously the clapping song shirley ellis classic do you remember Solid. there was this like warehouse space and i'm sure it's been gentrified to hell but it had oh man they used to play it i forget who the djs were at the time but it was like an after hours probably closer than we are now but it, that song reminds me of that. Um, 
go on a tangent. You got to cut me off. <laughs> I had to tone it down with like, I mean, I have a Courtney and Courtney Love whole song for every single. Album. Yeah, I, I was surprised it just wasn't all Courtney Love, honestly. I mean, <laughs> the way I graduated college was I wrote a 35 page paper in her defense. I mean, I wrote a lot of actually great ones. Not in her defense, but she's finally getting credit. Do you you think she did it? Um, I don't because she was in L.A. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I did when I uh, the ex that Don knows offered to send me back to the East Coast. We broke up immediately when I got there. So I did my Seattle tour. I did like the things I wanted to do. And one was going to ride a park and they have the bench. There's a park right next to the house. And it's all these things. And I saw something about Courtney. It wasn't even like she killed him. But all of a sudden, I get the knife out and I'm carving. <laughs> Kurt died so Courtney could live with like five million eyes. Oh, I was pissed. It never snows there. And I moved there during the biggest snowstorm they've had. And it's snowing. And I was like, why? Damn. You, you, you carved Kurt died so Courtney could live. With like a million eyes. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. I want a photo of that so bad. He was from like... Mixed Upper Darby looked like the main line, and she was worldly. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's one of, like, you could, an albino, Milano, um, you could thank her for all the poetry that came later. I, I always thought Celebrity Skin could, like, any hardcore band could use that as, like, an intro. It was such a tough riff. I will say Billy Corgan wrote that. Oh. The I will, riff. Okay. I am a word person. Uh, Lydia Lunch has this thing, and if I <laughs> was covered in tattoos... But she explains it, and she also hates Courtney's. Courtney ripped the first album. My favorite one is a riff of Bauhaus. She ripped off Lydia Lunch and Bauhaus. And once you hear the uh, like the bass, two great tastes that taste great together. I mean, she had amazing taste. Yeah. She also little known fact: she had a band called Pagan Babies with the chick from Babes in Toyland, and it was her. Imagine her doing like a cockatoo twins thing. Oh my god! Uh, I've I've heard of the band, but I never listened to it because I figured it was just like. Like, whole kind of worship, like, sound stuff. No, she was, and, like, I I know goth was very in, but I'm not talking about, like, mall goth. Inside of myself is, like, Edwardian goth, like, and she's goth as hell. Pagan Babies. Pagan Babies. I need to, I need to check that out, then. I'll send it to you. There's only four songs. That's perfect. In fact, uh, when I was rolling in the money, there's a site grailed, and I was buying all these vintage band tees, and someone, I, like, bought off this one guy, and then I realized they were counterfeits. He had a Pagan Babies, or no, he had... He had one of the bands that they were in there, and a many. And they all went on to do L7 and things like that. And I was like, that can't... Oh, Sugar Baby Doll. And he was like, oh, it's real authentic, you know? And I was like, no. Yeah. I was so pissed. Oh, that sucks. Oh, I had all these, like... I had a germ shirt. That's not... Oh, so mad. Damn, you, you, you got burned a little bit on Grailed. I mean, I was high out of my mind, and, like... <laughs> that was the golden era. Sitting in the bathtub, there were two smush-faced cats, a corgi running in, fur rug. I mean, it... Can't get better than that, honestly. What was a, what was a, you know these these vintage germ and pagan baby shirts? What was the what was the price going for those? I'm always curious about that. Oh God, I hate even admitting it. Oh no. Oh no the the sugar baby doll shirt was like five hundred dollars. So Grailed is much like uh, eBay, but it's very niche uh, designer clothes. It's all menswear, and I was on there like I still am like offering. Now they if you offer and they accept it, you're bound to it, so I can't do it anymore. But I love lowballing on there. Yeah. But I think I did pay like $480 for that germ shirt. It may have been real. I resold it with good conscience, by the way. Honestly, all the clothes and these two uh, older gay men. Are you, I feel like you're familiar with furniture design. Do you know Milo Bauman? Yeah. So these two old gays. Remember the Muppets that sat in the balcony? Mm-hmm. 
Um, they were like that, and they were miserable. And all my coworkers, and this my first uh, writing that came out, I called it Gay Disbarred. And it was gay bar in big letters. But the first time I was bullied in my life were by these, like, they wanted to be boy band, but they all were trash. They all came from, like, I made the joke, they'd be voting Trump 2020, and instead of Shania playing, they'd be listening to country pop, or country country. But, uh, sorry, some of you were lovely, I guess. But uh, <laughs> they used to judge the hell of them. These men had taste, and unfortunately the one... I mean, and it was like 2013, and AIDS is not curable, but it's very treatable. But he was probably in his 50s, but he was on his last leg. And they made, like, dark humor about it. The other one was literally going to Palm Springs and getting a houseboy. But, like, you have great taste. It took him, like, a year and a half to warm up to me. They were so <laughs> rude to me. Um, like, dollar tips, whatever. But they gave me four Milo Ballman pieces. Oh, all wow. of this crazy shit. And because of that and all the absurd designer clothes I invested in, I sold it all. It found out my move, and I'm deathly. The only thing I've done right in life is uh, debt. I could pay off, and I went. I didn't really go to rehab. I went to like detox, but that shit's not cheap. Yeah, paid it all off. Nice. That and starring in a little uh, fetish videos, but hey, you do what you gotta do. Sorry, mom, if you hear this. <laughs> I mean, um, I hate to cut you off. Cause I didn't realize what time it was, but oh, we're running no. out of time here. We can we can just shoot this shit for hours. Yeah, you should um, put on the close it. It's all over now, baby blue. I didn't realize Bob Dylan wrote it. Yeah, let's uh. Which, I actually which? haven't. Uh, it's uh, side A, I believe. Wait, which song you said? It's all over now, baby blue. I am a huge Marianne Faithful fan, and there it is. Just like that Nico song, I'll keep it with mine. Is him. Wild. Or maybe that's there Jackson Brown. I think it actually is Jackson Brown. No, Bob Dylan wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zero respect uh, for that man. All over now. Zero respect. Um, I read his book, and he used to take the girls out from the wrong side of the tracks. It was a direct quote from him, and make them pay. And he was a well-to-do guy. Oh wow! I like closed the book. I was foaming at the mouth. Something about it rubbed me the wrong way. That's understandable. So, uh, we're gonna sign off after this track. Thank you, Matt, for coming in. Well, uh, thank you for having me. Dirty Laundrette presale opens December twenty-first. The book will be out the Tuesday after Valentine's. Where can people? Uh, uh, pay for the pre-sale. And this is one of the reasons I did this. Oh, um, the link will be up in my profile, um, but the only place it will not be available is Amazon. Perfect. I and love it. I could go on my Bezos tirade for three years. <laughs> oh, my God. So check out Matt Barnes on social media at Matt B-A-R-N-E-S. And also, yeah. Okay. And also check out um, It's All Over Now by Marianne Faithful. You know, like young kids say mom, like mm -hmm. their mom. She is definitely grandmom. She's, yeah, way better version. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. It's all good. I just want to make sure people know where to pre sale. $88 for the jockstrap edition? Yes, there's only oh, be 12. 12. I'm hoping it's going. Sign up for the stank. If I see it in uh, Giovanni's room, I'm actually going to get tears in my eyes. I don't know who's. I don't know how that's working, but hey, it, it'll it'll work out. Well, it's I'm only sure. five hundred copies. That's, uh, yeah, I liked it because it was like niche. It's perfect. I think it's the perfect amount. My art ego. I'd go into that too, but go ahead. <laughs> We're gonna sign out, guys. Thanks for listening, to M Crow Radio. So you go. If You must leave now, take what you need, you think will last But whatever you wish to keep, you better grab it fast 
understands your orphan with his gun Crying like a fire in the sun Look out, the saints are coming through And it's all over now, baby blue your sins Take what you have gathered from coincidence The empty-handed painter from your streets Is drawing crazy patterns on your sheets The sky too is falling And it's all over now, baby blue All your seasick sailors, they're all rowing home Your empty-handed army is all going home Your lover who just walked out the door has taken all his blankets from the floor The carpet too is moving under you And it's all over now, baby blue For you, forget the dead you've left, they will not follow you. The vagabond who's rapping at your door is standing in the clothes that you once wore. Strike a And it's all over now, baby blue. 